Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. I'd forgotten you'd written the book. I've literally written the book about the Greens. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, almost a decade ago. I've always said that the election should happen at the best time for the country. Now is that time. Oh, come, nobody ever reads manifestos during the election, Sean, you know oh, that. Look, they've taken our policies. They are bereft of policies. For every person that likes you, there have to be people that hate you in equal measures. This is Election Daily, the special series from the Inside Politics podcast team at the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Every evening we keep you up to date on this general election campaign with our experts in the form today of Assistant News Editor Mary Minahan and political correspondent Harry McGee. Hiya, Hugh. Mary, we're going to discuss the Greens today because they were launching their transport policy earlier on and Harry, you know, was down there. And But we should mention, first of all, that you literally wrote the book about the Greens. <laughs> That's right. I did a book about uh, the Green Party's experience in government, a deal with the devil, uh, their coalition, ill-fated, I suppose, coalition with Fianna Fáil, which ended in 2011, very badly for both parties uh, and extremely badly for the Greens. Entirely wiped out. In in in, do, in the sense of mm. TDs, yeah, that's right. And uh, funny, I've been thinking about it a lot recently when you've seen uh, Saoirse McHugh come to prominence because it reminds me that uh, at around that time, 2011, you had uh, John Gormley, who was leader of the Greens then, being derided uh, by pro-hunting campaigners uh, as a fellow on a bicycle in Dublin trying to tell you how to run a farm. Right, right. <laughs> and it's it's really interesting because Saoirse McHugh's message now is that there need to be more rural greens and to kind of counteract this uh, perception that exists around the greens that it's very much a, a party for Dublin and this sort of small area around Dublin. Yeah, and it's funny you should mention Saoirse McHugh because she made, I think, a bit of a splash actually on primetime on RTE last night when uh, Miriam... O'Callaghan asked her about the carbon tax and this is what she had to say. I personally don't support a carbon tax and on the roads issue... But your leader does. And I think this is why we need rural greens because not everything can be transposed from Dublin and make sense in terms of climate action across Ireland. I can only be honest in how, like Eamon knows what I feel about the carbon tax. I don't support it. Um, and but in it terms is a of key policy, isn't it, in your party? <clears throat> Even watching your leader last night on Claire's debate, I mean, it is a key part of the Green Party and you don't support that. The way I see it is that until we have alternatives in rural Ireland, like a carbon tax isn't going to nudge you anywhere except to turn off the light and turn off the heat and sit in the cold. You're almost, say, like a green independent, are you? <laughs> well, I mean, no, are you? I think in, in, in parties there are always disagreements, aren't there? 
Indeed, there are always disagreements. I should just mention, just for those who don't know, Saoirse McHugh is standing for the Green Party in Mayo. She had a surprisingly strong performance and almost, in fact, won a seat in the in the European elections. I think to everybody's shock, she's a she's a young woman originally from Ackle. Um, she's a kind of a, a different kind of a Green, perhaps, than the perception of what Greens are. And in a way, Mary, she's articulating exactly what you're saying there, that rural Greens might have a different emphasis. Yeah, I mean, she's the thing about Saoirse McHugh is she's unrehearsed, she's uncoached, she's literally fresh-faced, she's a purist, she's an islander, and she's utterly charming in some ways. You know, the things, she, she as you say, she came to prominence. Uh, I suppose maybe for a lot of people, she got that huge result in an exit poll, not the actual poll, but in the exit mm-hmm. poll after the May European Parliament elections last year and unexpectedly came third. And her reaction was that she was quite humbled by it. And she said, that's an awful lot of number ones. And, you know, it was her kind of breakout performance on the the TV debate before that when she uh, she had a few put downs of uh, the independent candidate, Peter Casey, and she won plaudits for that. But, you know, she's a genetics graduate. She's an educated and very intelligent person. And she worked in sustainable agriculture before Eamon Ryan asked her to come into politics. And I think that is that's the important thing to remember. Whether or not he rules the day, we don't know. But I think, you know, Eamon Ryan is a his personality type, I think, allows him to cope with people like Saoirse McHugh. He's like, he's like you know, he doesn't meet trouble halfway it may be a problem if they're in coalition. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what to make of that, Harry. When I watched it last night, I thought, gosh, I'd say Eamon Ryan, maybe Eamon Ryan would be hoping that she doesn't win a seat in Mayo because it'll cause him more trouble than it's worth or that she'll peel off very quickly. But maybe not. What did he have to say today? Because he did uh, answer this question. He did, today. yeah. She she does, uh, to to, uh, to to use the analogy of the royals, she does seem to be the kind of the Princess Margaret of the of the Green Party. She's, she's gloriously unspun and she seems to be... Uh, she seems to be following a path that's quite different from from the party. I mean, today when uh, Eamon Ryan was asked at the Green Party conference, he used the line that she used at the end of that clip, that, that the Green Party accommodates different views. But, I mean, there is a limit to different views. I mean, if somebody comes into the Green Party and would be uh, an advocate, you know, of the airline industry and using more, even more flights and even more travel, that would go against what the Greens stand for. And the carbon tax has been one of the fundamental uh, policies and principles of the Green going back to 20 years. Mm. It's almost up there with the basic living wage, which is one of the great ones, that they, the, the basic wage or the living wage uh, that, that the Greens have been talking about uh, for 30 years or for more, or, or with biodiversity. So uh, for her to rail uh, against the carbon tax is really putting her against the orthodoxy. But the Greens are completely forgiving of her because she's, as Mary was saying, she's fresh-faced, uh, she's young, uh, she's idealistic. Uh, she has a, a kind of an X factor. I was, she, a, she, I was she, a bit surprised, though, because um, she has kind of risen to some prominence in, in certain quarters quite quickly. But really on the back of being, I suppose, in what you might loosely call the left wing of the Green Party, promoting a form of, you know, eco-anarchism, it seems at times. You know, uh, Way back in the day, the Greens taking their cue from the German Greens, I think, used to be divided into what were called fundies on one hand and realos on the yeah. other. The fundies being the hardcore Greens who wanted to completely re, you know, reinvent the way that, that, that we all live our lives. Mm-hmm. The realos being pragmatists who wanted to get into government and make changes. Mm-hmm. And Patricia McKenna, I suppose, way back in the day, would have been a, a fundie a in fundie, the Irish context. Yeah. So that, that's is Saoirse McHugh a fundie? She, she is a fundie, there's no doubt about that. She, she and uh, Lorna Bogue, who would also be quite left-wing its candidate in Cork South Central uh, brought a number of motions to the party conference last summer. And one of them was that they wanted to place 
uh, the Green Party as a specifically anti-capitalist party. And the, the party leadership, along with some influential uh, members, uh, not least uh, Roderick O'Gorman, the party chair, and uh, Saif O'Neill, who, has, who is, is, a, is a very totemic uh, figure for the Green Party as well, uh, argued against that. And that uh, motion w- was defeated by, by a considerable deal. And they came back with a kind of a, a, um, an amendment to it where the party uh, placed itself as, as a party that was against neoliberalism. But sure, nearly everybody is against neoliberalism. It was a much softer, uh, much more kind of placatory approach. But she certainly does. Uh, I mean, if you look at people who are younger, they're looking for radical shifts. And the Green Party at the moment is relatively pragmatic. It wants to go into government. It knows that when it goes into government, that it is going to have to compromise. And some people within the Greens are frustrated because they think that the leadership has been too reasonable and too placatory. And they want a more radical approach. And they say a more radical approach is needed. And her approach, just finally, to me, seems to be much closer uh, to the position that's adopted uh, by the smaller left-wing parties like People Mm. Before Profit and Solidarity. When you look at her views... Her views seem to me to dovetail completely uh, with the policy paper that was produced uh, for, for people before profit. And I think there is a political difficulty there uh, for the Green Party. You know, to, to, you can tolerate dissent, but when the dissent kind of goes to kind of fundamental uh, issues on which a party needs coherence, you really have to have a it long conversation about that. It undercuts, Mary, a kind of an argument which Eamon Ryan, it seems to me, has been trying and perhaps at times failing to make for whatever reason. You might say because the media isn't taking it on board properly, which is that the Greens are not a threat to rural Ireland. The Greens are not a threat to farming life. They want to reinvest it, reinvent it in a way that allows people in rural Ireland to live, live good lives into the future. But here, Saoirse McHugh saying you can't take away our tractors. Yeah, I mean, that's the big question. You know, is the Irish electorate prepared to pay... Uh, you know, the present price for our future prosperity. Are we prepared now to take on carbon tax, to reduce the national suckler herd? Are we prepared, you know, to listen to these appeals to the angels of our better nature? Or are we going to revert to type, really, and Mm -hmm. worry about the tax and what money's going into our pocket, what money we get to keep from our wages and so on? That is the big question. And Eamon Ryan, I thought, you know, I thought he had a good intervention on the Clare Byrne debate the other night when Micheál Martin uh, declared that the two big challenges facing an incoming government were health and housing. And he said, hold on a minute, climate change. And Micheál Martin said, yeah, of course, you're right. You know, it's been kind of, it's one of those motherhood and apple pie uh, issues that, you know, nobody disagrees with, except maybe the leader of the free world. But uh, <laughs> everybody else is pretty much on board, you know, but it's it's really interesting to to kind of reflect on uh, the the where the Greens have come from, you know, because other parties have a, a deficit of democracy and sometimes the Greens have maybe a bit of a surplus, you know, they, they didn't elect a leader until 2001 when Trevor Sargent was the leader. And b- before that, they'd held out against a leader because they were really worried that a cult of personality would take over sure. and, and, and their cherished and traditions. And they couldn't decide on any policy until everybody agreed. And it was really laborious. So, because so it sometimes they had took years for them to arrive, yeah. to, to move even a fraction in terms of a position. If, some, if one person objected, 
you know, that meant yeah. that they that the position the new position couldn't be adopted. But but all of that is rooted in a certain way of thinking, partly in the counterculture of the sixties and seventies and various political movements that grew out of that. And they did become more pragmatic uh, as as time went on. I suppose the question now is, I mean, Mary, you wrote your book at the time when they were completely wiped out, they'd had six seats and they were reduced to zero in the dull. Now they're aiming to have more seats than they ever had before. And in a second I want to ask you if you think they're going to achieve that. But first of all, as per usual, I do want to remind our listeners that if they like this podcast and want more quality journalism for the Irish Times in the future to pay a visit to irishtimes.com slash subscribe where you can sign up for a digital subscription at the absolutely ridiculous introductory price of one euro for the first month and that gives you unlimited access to all our journalism ranging from the sublime and award-winning columns of Hilary Fannin to the ridiculous yet compelling adventures of Russell Carroll Kelly so that's irishtimes.com slash subscribe Harry you're good on the number crunching how many seats can the Greens hope and expect to get? Um, well, I think we've all uh, have had to do kind of frantic recalculation because nobody really, including Sinn Féin, uh, nobody really foresaw the extent of the party's resurgence. I mean, they had a terrible local election last year and they've come back. So seats that we'd written off for Sinn Féin, they're suddenly back in the picture and they're looking at perhaps one or two gains. They look at one or two losses still, but they're still looking at one or two gains. So the Greens might have to kind of uh, clip their wings a little bit in terms of their ambition. But they're certainly in the hunt in most of the Dublin constituencies. And I think there will be in very uh, uh, fraught battles for the last seat in all but two of the, of the Dublin constituencies, Dublin Northwest and Dublin Midwest. I just can't really see the Greens making it in either of those. But, but they're in the running in Dublin Southwest, for example, are they? Y- yes. And they uh, should be looking good for Dunleary, for Dublin Bay North... They, they they should. Um, Dublin South Central? Dublin South Central, um, I, I think they have a very good chance. Patrick uh, Costlow is a candidate there and he's strong in Kimmage, Rathmines. Uh, um, I, I think he's a good chance there. I think in Dublin Central, Nasa Hurrigan has a good chance. She's in the, in the running uh, for one of the seats there as well. So, so if they do hit all of those, they're already at the six yeah. or seven kind good. of mark. And then there's a question more broadly around yeah. the country. And they could, they, they mightn't hit well, all of those. Will, that will tell a story, won't yeah, it, Harry? Yeah, because I mean, there's a Sinn Féin thing. And the Social Democrats might do a little bit better than people give 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 them credit for. An interesting he, poll in Galway West this week. Yeah, Neil O'Toole showing up very strongly. And um, at 12%, he will be definitely in the bidding for uh, a seat if he if he if if he's there. Keen O'Callaghan in Dublin Bay North. And you also have Gary Gannon in Dublin Central, maybe uh, Laura Whitmore in, in Wicklow. But to stick with the Greens, the Greens Limerick, outside Cork South Central, yeah, Cork maybe South Wicklow, Central, maybe Louth. Cork South Central, Lorna Bogue, uh, Donna O'Leary is a very good TD for um, the uh, for Sinn Féin. It's only one seat in play there because you've got three big characters, Michal Martin, Michael McGrath, Simon Coveney. Mm. None of them are going to lose their seat. Uh, they have a chance in Limerick. They have a good candidate in Limerick. And they also have a chance in Clare. Uh, where um, Roisin Garvey is their candidate. She sounds and looks like Dolores Kane. She's very straight-talking, very rural, very Saoirse McHugh-like in terms of her presentation, even though she's more uh, orthodox in terms of the party line. Uh, but she could be in a battle with Michael McNamara, the second Fine Gael person for a seat there. Goway West, Pauline O'Reilly has a good chance. And Mayo, even though the Greens only got 1% in the local elections last year, uh, Saoirse McHugh is Personali- definitely Personality counts for a lot Absolutely and name recognition she's become a household name and she's become a magnetic draw for young teenage idealists who see her encapsulating everything that they want in terms of changing society And I suppose the, the last thought on this Mary is if they are in the hunt for the last seat on a lot of those constituencies which Harry has just named my experience of looking at counts is when the Greens are in the hunt for a last seat 
more often than not, they win it because they're more transfer attractive than any other uh, party. Yes, that's definitely the case. And I think Harry's right. They're going to do really well in Dublin and uh, other urban areas. But th- we'll know really how well they've done when we see how they pull around the country. Like you remember they had a TD in Carlo Kilkenny, Mary White. Mm-hmm. And speaking of being hunted and hunting for votes, uh, it was she was she really bore the brunt of a very, very strong campaign against what the Greens were trying to do legislatively to ban stag hunting uh, with packs of dogs and to uh, regulate dog breeding and so on. You remember that was absolutely huge at the time and she suffered for that and, and that 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 is still there. But, you know, I think our political system, it's it's a, it's a really good system in a ways, but it's, it's strange because I think you find TDs responding now on a weekly basis to really vociferous campaigners who come to their doors. But I'm not entirely convinced that people who put environmentalism at the top of their list are, you know, queuing up to go into a TD's clinic. So I think that will be a kind of a quiet They're thing that's to be spoken. A, a different kind of a politician. At the ballot Mind box, you, we are yeah. entering the period now in the last week or so when all kinds of weird promises get made and a last minute push. We are going to have to leave it there uh, for today. Thanks to Mary. Thanks to Harry. Uh, thanks also to our producer, Suzanne Brennan. Thanks to JJ on the desk. You can find us all at the usual podcast platforms and you can also get us at irishtimes.com slash podcast. You can mail us at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com or you can very easily find us on Twitter. Thanks for listening. 